0: I'm Megan.
1: I'm Colin. And this is Pet Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional.
0: An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter.
1: Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. Building relationships with our pets and helping our clients have a better relationship with their pets is a goal that many of us strive for. And it's something that has grown increasingly important through COVID. As many people brought on COVID puppies and separation anxiety became a very big and very real problem in the industry. So we're really excited to have Sherry Marquez, the Dog Mystic from Dog Mystic Academy, on to talk about how to help our clients bond better with their pets and steps we can all take to help lessen separation anxiety in our clients. Let's get started.
0: So my name is Sherry Marquez. I am the Dog Mystic and I am living my dream. I've always wanted to do something with animals and now I'm Working with the dogs, it's great! It's rewarding and, and beautiful. And I, my my mission is just to keep dogs in their forever home, one dog at a time. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: well, that's a, that's such a beautiful mission. So tell us a little bit more about that that mission and the role that that pet sitters can play in that.
0: Unfortunately, like, you know, I've been dog training for twenty years, and. Um, There's just plenty of owners that, I mean, rescuing is beautiful. It's it's great. Or um, even if if you purchase a dog, um, if you don't do the research on what is a good fit for your family, sometimes it can be overwhelming um, if you get the wrong breed for your family. So I mean, like you know, if, if, if it, there's been so many times where people have have called me at their wits' end of like either you're going to help me or I'm going to give get the give this dog away.
2: Mm.
0: So I mean, like that's where that's where I come in, and that's where pet sitters and dog trainers are here to um, to keep the peace in the home. To exercise the dogs and um, you know just teach the people exactly what to do to gain the control in a loving but firm way mm. so um, but I mean like you know it, it, it is it is important just to do a little bit of research on the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different breeds that there are just just to get an idea because I mean like you know if if you're going to a rescue then of course you have they're they're mutts they're not designer breeds they're mutts and they're extremely intelligent but you can kind of see like what kind of um, what kind of breeds they're mixed with you know so um, I think that's very important
1: (laughs) Well, and especially in the year twenty twenty, um, I think many pet sitters are experiencing this boom of of COVID puppies and of pandemic puppies and where owners rushed out, adopted dogs, cleared out local shelters, which is awesome, uh, and are now sitting there going, Okay, now what do I do? What what do I do with this dog? What what are some things that, that, that as pet sitters uh we can do um, if maybe we don't have a specific trainer background, um, but what are some things that we can do to help those kind of clients who are sitting there maybe a little bit with their head barely above water with the dog that
0: they have Well, the really important thing is to allow some alone time with the dogs because when it's great that the you know if if people are home for because of the quarantine and they're home with with the dogs it's it's good to it's good that they're together but they need like two hours of alone time so that dog is not following every person or like one specific person throughout the house throughout the whole entire day because that's where the anxiety like like separation anxiety is on the rise because everybody like there's so many people that are, are home more um, and the whole entire family um and separation anxiety is is the hardest thing to solve because with the anxiety, when the people leave the house, the dog is just not used to it. And especially a the puppy, they're like all dogs are creatures of habit. But I mean, like when if you get a puppy, then that's what they're used to. That's what they're their their habitual daily routine is always somebody home right. so once they leave the house for a couple of hours it's like oh my gosh i'm left alone what am i gonna do ah! you know <laughs> um so confinements are not a bad thing i mean like, you know, if people are totally against um a crate then you can use a playpen so a doggy playpen has um has the bottom uh, the bottom open so you can kind of like separate like you know if you have a potty patch or pee, pee pads or um toys and um no stuffed animals because um the stuffing that's inside the, the the stuffed animals if they swallow it they can choke um so I mean like you know in a crate or con- confinement is safe for the dog and it saves your furniture or your shoes so they're not chewing on everything um and the baseboards too so i mean like the the separation anxiety can definitely um cause damage to the animal to, to the dog's um mouth mm-hmm. or cause damage to the to the body um so i mean like you know if 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 all pet sitters can tell the owners to allow two hours of alone time in another room. It all depends on the living situation. If it's just like a studio um, condo or apartment then they put them in, in a confinement, but like behind a, behind a couch. Hmm. So they can't see kind of like, they, they can't see everything that's going on. They can hear people like you know the family is home but they're separated yeah. and they're not following their every move. You know, just to, to keep them calm and put music on and give them like a a con toy. So it's a sphere shaped toy with a big hole on the on the bottom and a small hole on the top but a peanut butter. It's a little bit of peanut butter on, on the, the top of the toy. So um they smell the peanut butter, but they got to work to get it out. Yeah. So, your antlers are really good too. So, anything to keep them busy and just being used to like separated for a little bit is really, really important. That's always a good start, whether it's with a puppy or a rescue dog or even an older dog. Right. So it doesn't matter the age.
1: <laughs> well, and I and I know sometimes it can be hard to convince a client. That it's okay to separate the, the dog. That it's okay to put them in some sort of confinement area or separated area because they view that as being, you know, quote cruel or unkind to the dog. It's but not
2: fair. It's not. But not it fair. is. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> right. They're away from the family or whatever. But it's it's trying to explain to them like this is this is building these good routines, this good uh, balance in the dog's life, so that they can self regulate when you're not there. And that you're you are doing it for their safety in a lot of cases too,
0: right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, like you know, they're they're um, they have to get used to it because once people are able to go back to work, that is a huge huge transition, and they don't. The, the dogs are not going to know what to do because it's right. like, wait, everybody was with me forever and for hours and hours and hours and then everybody's gone for eight hours or four hours eight hours however long and that's that's where that's where the 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 pet sitting is perfect or the pet sitting and dog walking and and everything is perfect because um you know you're you're helping you're helping the, the the situation but the um it's not a negative thing. Right. So it's it's just like like a nap time for a baby. You know they they need that nap time. If they don't get it, then they're gonna be cranky and not pleasant to be around. So it's the same thing with a dog or a puppy.
1: Right. <laughs> a good, yeah, it's a good, it's a good illustration to remind us. You know, this is useful. You mentioned you have been a dog in the in the dog training world for twenty years now. How did you get started?
0: I live in in southeast Florida right now and I'm originally from New Jersey but I transferred down to um, Florida Atlantic University as a marine biology major but the science courses had nothing to do I mean like all the science courses had nothing to do with animal behavior and the psychology and everything. It was all these science courses that had nothing to do with it. And I wasn't book smart. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what do I need physics and chemistry and biochemistry and everything like that. So (laughs) I switched to elementary education. um, And then I, when I graduated, I didn't want to be a teacher at that moment. And I went into outside sales commission-based only. So it was great. It was a great experience of like learning sales in, in that capacity. Um, and then I saw an ad in in the newspaper, (laughs) not on the internet, in the newspaper for, um, (laughs) to be either a dog trainer or or to do this, the sales of the dog training, like programs, Hmm. So of course they wanted to hire me for the sales, but I'm like, no, look at my background. I have an education background. This is, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. So I, um, I started working for this company. They trained me. And, um, and then 9-11 hit and people didn't want to splurge on, on dog training at that moment. Mm. So I got my teaching certification, got all that taken care of. And then I was, um, went into, teaching i also got my um my montessori early elementary certification and i was a teacher for five years and then but i was doing the dog training in between like um on nights and on weekends Mm. and then i just i wasn't feeling it i was just like no my dream is to work with animals so I felt the fear, but I did it anyway, and I resigned from teaching. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, started, I mean, at first I had to um, do some side jobs and some side hustling and stuff, but um, I am so grateful and blessed that I have not had to work for anybody else since 2007. And I've been living my dream ever since. So now I have my own dog training company. And, um, and I want to I teach worldwide, virtually, online, through some virtual online uh, courses. So yeah.
1: no, that's really awesome. I love, I love hearing that and, and seeing how at each step it was a li- just a little bit closer, a little bit closer. But if ultimately, you had to take that big leap back you know, back then and go, okay, like, this is scary. I'm still going to do it though. Uh, and and yeah. you haven't regretted it, obviously, because you're still here and you're still, you know, you have all these awesome plans to grow and yeah. move forward. And that's really cool. Thank
0: you. <laughs> the pet industry is the, it's just amazing. First off, it's rewarding, but I mean, like people love their animals. Right. So we're, we're in the right, the right industry because, you know, that the're, there's plenty of people that will do more for their animals than themselves sometimes and you know it's it's important to take care of yourself and your animals
1: have you heard of time to pet dan from nyc pooch has this to say Time to Pet has been a total game changer for us. It's helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, we actually tested other pet sitting
0: softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature rich, and it's always improving. If
1: you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Our listeners can save 50% off their first three months by going to timetopet.com forward slash... Confessional and I, I know one of the things that you work on and you, you like to talk about is the importance of and your role basically as the trainer is to come in and help pet parents deepen their relationship with their pet. How, how do you mm-hmm. accomplish that and, and how do you go about building and deepening that connection between its the, the pet and its owner?
0: well I mean right now just in this world that we're living in with all the technology um we need to allow the dogs to bring us back into the present moment like our our monkey minds just take over and we're either worrying about the past or thinking about the future but the exercises that I give is more or less just to to deepen that bond and to bring us into the the present moment um, best best and
2: easiest thing to do is um, shut off your
0: phones, sit down on the floor or on the bed if your dog is. Dogs are allowed on on the bed, and if you have multiple dogs, then do it one at a time. You know, so so each dog is getting their own one-on-one like attention. Because I know with like, I, right now I have two dogs and um, two females, so when they're both by me, then one is pawing at me, the other one is like you know nudging me, it's like you know. So they they both want the attention. So you you. Separate them and, and and one at a time, more or less, just like if if you're sitting let's just say you're sitting on the floor, okay yeah. sit on the floor, close the door for the all the other animals, and first, take a few d- deep breaths, a few deep breaths, just to ground yourself and really truly be in, in that 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 moment. Start petting your dog and watching their their breath. If you're able to just start breathing with them and like you know just kind of like watching their um watching their body and like you know just kind of blending into the relaxation of of each other, you know? Um and so you're you're petting and and there's proven statistics that it it lowers your heart rate and you know it, it lowers the stress just to just to pet your, your dog. Huh. So you know you're kind of grounding yourself into into the moment. Um, and then if, if your dog is not fearful to get a massage, then um you know start massaging the dogs. If you rub the ears, there's um a lot of nerve endings in the, in the ears and it calms them down so you can just start from start from the ear and then like from town then like start massaging in the neck and if your dog is fearful you know if if a rescue and you're not sure and you know possibly have have been abused in the past then just keep petting just keep petting the dog and and just enjoy that moment whether it's 5 minutes 10 minutes you know, it's it's really being present in that moment. So, um and then and enjoy it. Enjoy it and allow yourself to just deepen that bond. Now one thing another thing that you can do just to end end it and like sh- just show the love even more is once you're done and you feel that it's it's enough time, then just give your dog a nice big hug and 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 just <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, And the, the first step that you said about that whole, whole process was to come in and take some big, deep breaths and, and make sure that we ourselves are, are grounded. So it, how, mm-hmm. does, how does our energy that we bring into those situations through, that we carry through our, through our day, how does that impact the pets that we're caring for?
0: Well, all dogs have sixth sense. They know exactly what's going on. And I just learned that a dog's senses are 100,000 times stronger than ours. Mm. So they know, for example, when someone knocks on on your door and you open that front door, that dog knows whether that person is a good person or a bad person you know, negative energy, the second that you open up that door. Mm. So anything that you're feeling and any kind of um, stress or anxiety or you know, just not being in the present moment, they know it, they feel it, they know exactly what's going on. So, um, so that's where it's, it's important to, calm yourself down. You know, it, it's also a good, a good way to, to de-stress because you're not thinking about what happened during the day. You're just taking that time of like, this is our time. Right. <laughs> <Just chill.
2: laughs> so that
1: process of going, of, of really taking a moment to step back, uh, it, can be, it can be challenging, especially if you're going from drop-in to drop-in or from walk to, walk to walk to walk to walk to walk throughout the day. To bring your frustrations, bring maybe this negative energy in to each subsequent stay that you're, or each subsequent walk that you're going to. So it's a, it's really good reminder to before you open that door to just, or you know, sit in your car for just a few minutes, mm-hmm. just to go through a quick breathing routine to leave what happened behind you, to leave that there, and then to go mm-hmm. in fresh because you know whatever happened to the, at the last sit. Don't you know That's not to be brought in to the dog that you're taking care of because they're going to feel that, and that's going to throw off, you know, that that entire stay, possibly. Yeah, I mean,
0: like you know, we that's our our mobile office. That's the perfect time to like regroup and do those breathing techniques of just, just okay. I'm, I'm ready. I'm in another household, another situation, another dog. So you regroup in your mobile office first, and then think of think of that as like a reset. So you're you're grounding yourself. You're releasing what happened at the the last house, and then as soon as you open up that car door, it's just like, all right, done. <laughs> done and a new start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Do, do yeah. you
1: have a process that you personally like to work through um in the in those kind of situations of 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 acknowledging and then releasing that uh, so that you can be fresh for the for the next visit or the next uh client that you're doing a training visit on?
0: I find just just driving driving oh. is definitely a good um cuz I'm focused on the road but it's just taking me away from, like, you know, for example, if if I, if I was just working with, with an aggressive dog and, um, and there's certain situations where, because I mean, like, you know, working with, with aggressive dogs, you have to portray that you're totally calm, even though your heart is racing and you're like, oh my god, like, you know, you have to, you have to just be like, yeah. I'm not fear I'm not afraid of you let's go you know (laughs) bring it on (laughs) so um so as long as you you take on that calm sort of energy on the outside um once you leave that house and I'm once I leave that house and I'm I'm driving then it's kind of like all right and then that's done i solved that situation let me put some music on and you know get into a different zone like yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> Call the call the next appointment and like or, or i mean like you know for for the pet sitters it's more or less just like right uh, that's done and over with put some music on and go to the next <laughs> so <laughs> good to yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it it is it is it, the the biggest one of the biggest parts of that is just mentally going, mentally cutting it off and going, okay, that was that, that's over and done with, and I just have to leave it there. Whether you call that compartmentalizing, or whether you call that leaving and cleaving, or you know however you want to mentally structure that for you, when you mm-hmm. do that, at each time it's going to make each visit a little bit better, right? Because you're staying in there fresh. You're more mentally present. You're there with that dog instead of still thinking back to the dog three dogs ago that you were there, you know, and, and you're more present and, and you're more a- a- attuned with that dog that you're taking care of.
0: It's important because, I mean, like, you know, another good example is um, the dogs that are, like w- when you're observing dogs in a dog park, there can be that energy in in the dog park. It can be nice and calm, and then all of a sudden, um, a really hyper hyper puppy or a hyper dog gets to the fence, and then it just sets off the whole entire calmness. Yeah. So it's the same exact thing. I mean, like you got to like you know, but I mean, like you know, the the main thing that everybody should. Really realize is a dog 's mind and a child 's mind or a person 's mind are almost exactly the same. They can pick up on on the energies, but if they know they can get away with something they 're going to push it for everything that they can, no matter what. so if a person is showing any fear and you 're dealing with the dominant dog, then it's more or less that dominant dog is going to be like, "Yeah, right, cool." <laughs> You're fearful, so let me just keep on picking, 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 and or like you know n- n- play biting or you know just instigating the situation because they know they like they feel feel the person's energies. So it's important just to say. As calm as possible.
1: Which can be hard sometimes when you have those more aggressive or those more hyper dogs, right? It is hard to, to remind yourself or to, to be present in the moment and, and to remain calm. But that just kind of that takes practice and that takes presence of mind and, uh, and in the moment processing of what's happening before you. And it just does take some time to get to that point. You know, 20 years in the, in the training industry and working with dogs, how would you describe yourself? as a dog trainer um, a particular philosophy or mentality or, or um, a a structure of of training?
0: My training is I don't train with treats because if you give the dog a treat for every single thing that they do, they're going to expect it. And then if you don't have a treat, they're going to look at you like, yeah, right. I'm not going to do that. Um, For an extremely fearful dog, treats are okay in the beginning because then you know you're you're showing that dog that they're um that you're not going to hurt them. Right. So that's okay for fearful dogs, but I mean like you know on on a on a regular um training aspect it's um not giving them treats. And I mean like you know so especially with with the bigger dogs then you got to be walking around with a bag full of treats and you know handing them treats for every single thing that they do so (laughs) so then then you know it's just being firm and then being loving like giving them lots of love and yeah you did it right (laughs) once um once they they accomplish whatever you want them to, to
1: do right right and it really sounds too of just listening to how you're describing um, the paying attention to the energies and observing the dog, like the real importance there of of really working on that communication, um, but both ways, both w- both ways with them, really being attuned with them, being present with them, And it sounds like something that you work hard on to, to work on energy levels uh, and, and to to really be reading the dog and its and its body language. Uh, what are what are some basics of dog body language then that um, we can all or should all know? Uh, when we're working with them
0: well the um everybody thinks that when a dog is just wagging their tail that they're they're happy and excited to see you but you can't go by only the tail wagging if the tail is wagging and the mouth is relaxed and like open and the tongue is out and like and like almost a smiling look. Yeah, that's that's relaxed. <laughs> but when the tail is wagging and the body is firm, hmm. then like a, a firm body with the muscles tense and the ears kind of back, that's not that's not like a calm um a calm way. Like you know, a calm demeanor of the dog so if there's any tension then you have to look at the 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 body and like the muscles of the body of of how the dog is is standing whether it's standing with dominance or like yeah like or the wiggle butt <laughs> <laughs> um and then it's, it's also tension in the body but then it's it's also the way that they're looking so i mean like you know if, if if they have a look of like grilling you, like, hmm, like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you're like, it's kind of unsure of what that dog is thinking, right? Um, and then of course, fearful is like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, and and the so you go with the body language, but then you also the way that you greet the dogs are extremely important because. People automatically there's there's so many people that want to just like walk up to the dog and start petting them on on the head and like hey oh my gosh! But it doesn't matter the size of the dog. It's intimidating. <laughs> even even a child's little hand yeah. going on top of the head is intimidating. And 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 it's almost like an automatic response that people's re- people just respond to pet the head, yeah. but the, the safest way, so your your hand and your arm is not going to get bit here because of the, especially if you don't know, if you don't know a dog, then don't go and pet the dog on, on the head. Because right. you don't know if that dog is, has been rescued and abused or you don't know what the background is, so they can bite you in a split second. So, you put your hand out For them to smell. And most of the time, if they like you and they feel your energy, then they'll smell your hand, give you a lick, like, all right, you're cool. And then pet from under, just like a cat. So you pet from under, and then you can kind of like, from here, and then go like, hey, cool, and they get all excited. (laughs) So pet from under, just like a cat.
1: Those first impressions and those first few moments of interaction, first few split seconds of interaction that you have with a new dog can really make or break the rest of that relationship and can be hard to recover from a bad introduction sometimes. And and it is, you're right, it is first instinct to come up. And I mean, still after nine years of doing this, it's still, I have to almost remind myself every time it's like, don't pet on top of the head. Just just relax, just breathe a little bit, let them approach you. And like coach myself through that process, because it is. It's just like, ooh, puppy, pet all over the place. But knowing like not every dog's okay with that. And that needs to be okay. And, <laughs> and kind of reining yourself back in and going, okay, we're going to treat every dog the same initially. And and just, you know, again, because it's it's a safety thing. It's also building that relationship and and meeting them where they are. Because then you know how to work with them. If you assume you know every dog is this big, boisterous, gonna you can bear hug them from the very beginning, that's going to put you in a bad position.
0: And sometimes it's extremely hard because these dogs are absolutely beautiful and absolutely adorable. It's like oh, how cute! You yeah. know, <laughs> so it's hard to not overreact. <laughs> right.
1: It is. It is. And so you know, part of that, part of that training and part of that behavior modification, you know, we we have to apply to ourselves first in a lot of instances uh and which is why that importance of being grounded and and recentering ourselves and monitoring our energy levels is so important because if we are unchecked when we go to do that meet and greet we may miss a few of those signs or we may misread something the dog is trying to tell us
0: life happens so i mean like you know there's there's going to be crazy days where leaving one house and you get into an argument with your significant other, let's say, and so you're arguing the whole entire time on the way to another appointment, and you get to that appointment, and you're like, ah, like, you're just so frustrated, so that's where, like, you don't want to be like, Oh ah, my God, I'm late, great, I'm late. I hang up the phone and run into, like, run there's that, like there's no way of of regrouping so it's right. more or less just like you're you're, you're on the way or, or like you know you're you're in that zone and all right, i just got to another point appointment, i gotta go and like yeah whatever <laughs> you just hang up the phone <laughs> pull the person up i'm mean, like you know i'm in my situation for the for the dog training right. you know then it's calling the the person up for the, the pet sitting, it kind of like i guess it it um alters the the time frame of everything but still still take that that two to three minutes of just like regrouping mm. regrouping breathing and just like all right it's done like the drama's over let me regroup I'm going to see some cute little puppies and that's the beautiful thing about animals. I mean like <laughs> They will show you as much love as possible. <laughs> and even if they talk back because they're, they're barking or they bark back at you. I mean, they're just there to show you love They're angels put on this earth just to give you as much love as possible. So enjoy that moment. Enjoy that. The beauty that they show us right. every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: It, it is. It is a reminder to just, it, to really enjoy those moments of, no matter how stressed or how busy you are or how you know, angry you are about something else, like those moments are so precious and, and aren't to be taken for granted because a lot of people don't get to have that and, and you get to have it multiple times a day with the pets that you're carrying. Absolutely.
0: It's so true.
1: Pet Perennials makes it easy as one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct-to-client gift service that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift reaches our client or employee. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. Throughout the rest of 2021, they'll be releasing an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get-well wishes, and to welcome new and even rescued pets. They also have a few gift options in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client. If you're interested, register for a free account to receive discounted package pricing rather than paying consumer prices. Since the service is leveraged on an as-need basis, there is no monthly or annual obligation or minimum purchase price. Learn more and register using petperennialscom pages gps and enter the referral code PSC at registration to be given a unique coupon code to save $2 off any package that you send in your first 90 days. We've mentioned a couple times about dealing with high-energy dogs or more aggressive dogs, um, and then we even talked a little bit about separation anxiety. And so I know a, a big topic in the pet care world is, is how you handle medications. With, with the dogs and, and at what stage medications would be necessary or required for especially dealing with separation anxiety I was wanting to know kind of your your view on the use of medications for handling things like separation anxiety or for behavioral purposes
0: the training is more important than the medication for example like one of the one of the programs that i have and the one that I suggest for like severe separation anxiety is is a boot camp, where I actually take the dog to the dog stays at the facility for two two weeks, mm. so you're actually taking the dog out of the environment, putting them in into um you know into it like a, it's a boarding daycare training facility, so they're socializing with other dogs. Some dogs are learning to be dogs, especially like, you know, the pocketbook puppies that are being held at all times (laughs) and not allowed to be a dog and walk around. Yeah. So, um, so it's allowing them to be a dog and playing with other dogs and socializing and desensitizing them from noises and, um, you know, just the fear of, of, Whatever happened, or the anxiety of of not being with the the owner um, in severe separation or severe anxiety cases or fearful cases um, the CBD oil has really been helping a lot of of my clients um you know instead of the puppy Xanax or um, you know any of the medication that um that it is is given i I agree with and I have seen some really positive um effects with the with the cBD hmm. so um that's it's a safer route it's grown in in the earth. And it's natural. So it's a, it's a good route to go as well as the training. It's
1: these first steps that you want to try and steer towards instead of going immediately to the puppy Xanax or some of these heavy, heavy medications that can have some pretty serious side effects and consequences on the dog's body and liver as it's processing those. And, and so it's a reminder right. to kind of stair-step yourself and work with your client into those kind of solutions.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I mean like, you know, there's 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 those thunder jackets, the music and energy healing as well. Um I I also do some um some some energy healing and like some chakra clearing. Some energy any energy work if um if people are, are open to that lessens anxiety, it helps with sleep, it lessens pain. So it 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 has lots of beneficial positive things for
2: sure. Yeah.
1: Well, I know many people may be more familiar with that in in people and in humans. Uh, so so walk us through what that looks like, chakra clearing, and, and that kind of process in in dogs when you go and, and visit them for for energy healing.
0: It's more or less the way that that I do it is either. In person, or like I do, I can do distance healings mm. as well. So the distance can be like all around the world, as, and it doesn't matter. So if I'm I'm doing it with the owner and the and the dog, then I tell the owner to to put put the dog on the leash, and I just send a text to let them know that I'm starting. So they can just observe the observe the dog, and most of the time at first you know the dog is kind of look around and and then eventually um eventually they they get tired and they they can actually see the the relaxation in the body hmm. and the 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 healing that goes on is is um most of the time when when we're born we're born in alignment everything is is in alignment and as the dogs are are growing up things get get out of whack and you know whether there's any traumas or anything that's going on just like you know just life life happens the traumas happen with us as well as as the dogs so it realigns the body into its perfect form um and and then it lessens anxiety. It relaxes the body, and and it's good for the overall well being of, of the body.
1: Now, is that something that you found you had a natural ability for, or is that something you went for and got more more training and, and had to learn more about?
0: I got training through um, my teacher was in Arizona, so I um, it was podcasts are great because I mean, like I was listening to a podcast. And um I heard, you know, that the, my teacher is Renee Colston, and she lives in Arizona. As soon as I heard that and listened to her podcast, I, I think it was like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to find her, and then I sent her an email <laughs> and and flew out. I mean, that was in November when I heard the podcast, and I flew out to do this, the my certification in. I think it was like February. I was like, this is, wow. "I have to do it. Absolutely have to do it." It was great. So, so that cool. was since 2015. I guess it was. It was more or less just finding different ways of calming, calming the dogs without medication and helping as many animals and people as possible. That's my mission. So, <laughs> <it was> yeah.
2: <laughs> great.
1: No, it's like one of the you know if you're you know always looking for for new and better ways, right? And you've talked about a lot of them. You've talked about the importance of of uh, of the training, right? And of these you know, supplements that instead of the heavy medications, of the, the the healings that you can do, and and even um, I know another thing that you talk about are the the importance of of things like routines and habits and structures in the dog's life. So how, how can pet sitters be involved in, in that part as well?
0: Well, it's, it's telling, telling the owners, um, cause I mean, like, you know, we're, we're set in our ways and we have our own habits and then the dogs are, are the dogs are creatures of habit. Right. So if the person, if the owner is, is seeing that the anxiety is on the rise, then you can tell you can tell the owner to take care of the dog first so before they start getting ready let's say like you know a um, morning routine and they know they have to go out you wake up do your thing and then get the dog ready so take the dog for um for a walk and make sure that they go to the bathroom and do you know just exercise and do some training or like whatever whatever they do to to get the dog um dog or dogs mentally stimulated because the mental stimulation gets them more tired than just running around and playing and going out in the backyard so um take care of them first and then before you start getting ready then um give the dog something to to chew on either the contoy or a deer antler, put them in, in their confinement or put them in, in another room. And when you start getting ready, then totally separate yourself from the dog. So you don't want to put them in, in the crate or confinement, you know, while you're getting ready, then close, close the bedroom door, get ready. And then they're not, at the the, at the bathroom door and watching your every move. When they're watching your every move, that's when the anxiety is building and building and building and building. So by the time that the person puts their shoes on, grabs the keys and walks out the door, their anxiety is through the roof. And they're like, oh my gosh, they're really leaving now. No. <laughs> So, and another thing is, is don't make a big deal when you're leaving the house. Mm-hmm. It, the, the bigger goodbye that you make when, when you're walking out of, bye, I love you, I'll be good girl, be good boy, like, you know, the, the more of a big deal that you make, then that anxiety <laughs> is building. More or let's just like, get ready. Get your stuff, put your shoes on, walk out, yeah, right. walk out the door. Don't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean, like you know, you're your, your greeting, and the excitement is for when you get home instead of when you're leaving the house. Right. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. it is working with the clients to to remind them of that process, right? To remind them of that, give them some tips, give them some pointers, have them talk to you about their morning routine or what they're doing that could be a problem in. That could be triggering the dog in these instances and, and say, hey, you know, maybe not spend 25 minutes saying goodbye and writing a love ballad to them and performing it and then doing the light show and then coming back in the house for an encore, right? Maybe don't do that. Maybe just leave and say bye and be done with it and be done with it. But as you also mentioned of the importance of treating it holistically for the dog, it's not just this physical need, it's this emotional need, it's also this, this mental stimulation that they're needing and making sure that all of those needs are met by the dog to help alleviate the stress, that anxiety and, and the separation anxiety that they're going through.
0: You know, and, and, and that's where the breed, researching the breeds, you know, because i mean, like, you know, with a terrier or a herding breed, um, a border collie or Australian shepherd or Um, rat terrier i mean jack russell terrier they're high energy dogs so they need extra stimulation you know because it because the they're not getting stimulated enough then they're gonna get bored and boredom can cause anxiety just as much as, as as separation anxiety so you know they they definitely need that mental stimulation you know
1: Listeners are listening to this and they're going, there's sounds like there's a lot of information here and, and I want to learn more. I want to learn more about, about, you know, energy healings. I want to learn more about the proper way to, to help my client walk them through separation anxiety and and dealing with that in their pets. So I was curious what kind of resources or, or recommendations you would give for people to check out if they're wanting to learn more.
0: They can check out my, my, um, my website, which is the dog Um, I'm phone call away. I have blogs, um, lots of different topics. Dogwise.com has some good, good tips as well. Um, but on, on my, my blogs page, I definitely have a lot of blogs with like, you know, moving to a new home, don't get a dog too young, like less than eight weeks old. Stressful on on the dog. I mean, like you know, there's there's definitely I I definitely have a lot of lot of information, and then some more information on on the courses that I that I have already.
1: Very good, and I'll have links to that and a few more things that we've talked about today in the show notes and on our website as well, so people (laughs) can reach out to to you sharing and get in contact. So, thank you so much for coming on the show today and and sharing with us about the importance of dealing with and tackling. Uh, separation anxiety in dogs from a holistic approach uh, and, from, and for the myriad of resources that are out there to accomplish that. It's been, a, it's been a real pleasure, Sherry. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me. And it was great. And happy dogs equal happy owners. And uh, I'm very grateful. Thank
1: you. In my conversation with Sherry, it was a reminder that bonding with pets is an action that we do, not just as pet sitters, but also as pet owners and that we can come alongside the pet owners and equip them with knowledge, with tools, with routines, with instruction to help them bond better and more securely to have a lifetime relationship with their pet. Too often, many of us just assume that the relationship will come, that it will happen over time. But through Sherry's approach of problem solving, exercises, dealing with commands, all of those go into strengthen the bond that our clients have with their pets. And we get to be a part of that. And through that process of building the relationship and setting that strong foundation, that is the key to help dealing with separation anxiety in pets moving forward, having a strong, healthy, not codependent bond between owner and pet. And for our end, that means communicating with clients opening up and helping them be receptive to some correction or pointing out things that they could be doing to help alleviate some of those concerns that they have. And that when they do start on that journey, knowing that it is a stair-stepped approach, we don't immediately just jump to something. We work our way up and through little steps to see what's going to help and build from there. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials for bringing today's show to you. And we want to thank you so much for listening, for supporting us, for sharing episodes and for giving feedback. You have no idea just how much all of that means to us. We hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. You can check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Sitter Confessional. And at any time, you can go back and listen to our back catalog by going to com forward slash episodes. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll be back again soon.